Welcome to season three of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Robinson. This season features exciting guests, real conversations, and actions you can take to reach the biggest possible audience for your work. During season three, we're also featuring an inside look at the launch of my new book, Reach, with a special daily podcast series coming April 18th to 22nd. We hope you'll subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because I normally talk to nonfiction authors, and today we get to hear the unique perspectives of two fiction authors. And I think there's really a lot of transferability about marketing tactics between fiction and nonfiction. And the tactic that we're going to talk about today certainly is one that authors of any genre can use to market their books. So welcome, Rachel McMillan and Stephanie Lansom. How are you two today? Good. Thank you very much. Doing well. Before we get started on our topic, could you each take a moment to tell our listeners about your work in the world? Rachel, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, my name is Rachel McMillan. I live in Toronto, Canada. Um, I, When I'm not writing, I'm a senior literary agent at William K. Jensen Literary Agency. I have written several novels. Um, as well as a few works of nonfiction. Um, my next historical fiction book is called The Mozart Code, and it releases with HarperCollins in March of 2022. Amazing. Congratulations, <laughs> Rachel. And Stephanie, you are a return guest on the podcast, but why don't you refresh everyone's memory about who you are? I am. Yes, I'm Stephanie Lansom. I'm a Christian historical fiction author. I have four books out right now, three of our of them are biblical fiction. And then one of my latest novel that came out in May is called In a Far Off Land. And it's the story of a prodigal daughter who finds herself in 1930s Hollywood. Um, and I've got another book on the way. So I've been very busy this last year. Well, thank you so much, um, both of you, for taking time out of your busy schedules of writing and promoting your work uh, to have this conversation. And I know we have so much we can learn together. So let's start with this um, kind of general question. Our topic today is about the way authors can use cross-promotion to reach more readers. So could one of you define for me what we mean when we say cross-promotion, if it's not obvious to newer authors? Rachel, you want to take that one? I bet you have a good definition. I think I look at it as a way in which you intentionally uplift and build authentic community with a goal of reaching not only your own readership, but the other author's readership. So ideally, cross-promotion benefits both authors because you sub-cross or cross readerships with each other while simultaneously promoting your book. That is exactly how I think of it too. And also keeping in mind that um, unlike many industries, authors aren't competing against each other. You know, we're actually all in this together. We're all working together to get our books to readers. Um, and when we think of it more as a collaborative event than me trying to compete with someone like Rachel, then it it's really opens up a lot of possibilities. Can you say a bit more, Stephanie, about why, why there's no competition amongst authors? Well, partly because even the most prolific author can really only put out, I mean, maybe three books a year. Um, and, and our readers, like our, the main readers of fiction, read 
at least three books a month. So we're not competing for the readership as much as we are keeping people reading and keeping supplying good reading for them when they're not reading our books. Because, <laughs> you know, they can't just, you don't just read one author, you read many. And so you want to group together with authors of similarities with, especially authors you love and promote them too, because that's only going to help you. And I want to add that, you know, you look at World War II historical fiction set in Paris with covers with the Eiffel Tower on it. You would think that there's no more room for any more of those, but readers in certain genres are insatiable. So if they read Kristen Hanna's The Nightingale, they want to find seven other books like it. So there really is room for everybody. And I think that that's such an important part of this world to remember. <laughs> well, so it sounds like any author can have an abundance mentality to consider that there are more than enough readers to read the books that are uh, being released into the world. Yeah, yeah. I think so. so let's talk for a little bit about what cross-promotion looks like from the simplest ways to cross-promote with another author to the more complex. Can you share some examples of ways that you've invested intentionally, as you said, Rachel, in cross-promotion efforts with other authors? I think some of the more simple ways that I've, I don't want to say simple, but some of the easier, perhaps the less time-consuming ways is if an author has a cover reveal happening, which is something that fiction readers love. They love to see the new covers of new books. And an author will write and say, on this day, can you post a picture of my cover on Instagram or release day for an author? And you make a tweet with a hashtag about the book, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram. That's a really wonderful way to promote authors without having to spend a lot of time or even read every last book of the authors in your community because you just don't have time. Another slightly more complex step is endorsing other authors' work. Um, in fiction, as I believe is the same case in non, 97% of the time it is up to the author to garner those endorsements. And so it, that is a way that it really is a symbiotic relationship. For one, the author gets their name on the book that's being endorsed. And if it's a similar readership who loves the book, they're going to go look through those people. But in another way, you're helping another author by giving the time of your words. Now that takes a little bit more time because you often have to read under a deadline. And there are cases where you are asked to endorse a book, but the content or something about it, you just don't want your name to align with. And that, that can be a little bit negative to have to say to an author or even the editor, I'm going to have to step out from this one because of my own brand. Um, and then I would say, and this is a personal example, one of the most time-consuming things I do for cross-promotion is several Facebook live Zoom interviews with authors. Um, a wide range of genres. I do maybe two to three a week. I'm now booked through June of 2022. And that's time-consuming because not only do I have to read the most recent book, but I have to have a very clear familiarity with the author's backlist so that I can formulate 
questions that they're not getting in other interviews so that I can establish a relationship not only with their readership, but also keep boosting my own. The positive thing is my upcoming book, uh, I would say most of the endorsers I got for that book were people who I had hosted for Zoom live interviews. So that was a way into these authors and just say, hey, I interviewed you. Will you endorse my book? Um, <laughs> but those are just a few of the ways that I cross promote people. And it always starts from loving someone's book. I think authors should be readers first and writers second. And then you automatically have the community thing going. Those are really helpful examples, Rachel. Stephanie, do you have any that you would add? Yeah, well, those are the main ones. And I really do think that endorsement is a, is a big one because I used endorsements for my last book launch and I think it was really effective, um, almost as effective as having like a launch team because you really do promote your endorser, the one who's endorsed your book heavily. And in that process, you promoting your own book, but it doesn't seem like you're saying, you know, hey, buy my book, buy my book. It's more like, hey, look at this great person that I love so much and they liked my book. Like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, a way, a kind of a gentler approach to sales, which I really appreciate not being, you know, good at sales myself. Um, so endorsements, yeah, that's just really key. And also just social media, just keeping in touch with people through social media, commenting on their posts, sharing their Instagrams. I don't do it as much as I would like, but even just those small things go such a long way in establishing like a real relationship with other authors. And you need that. I mean, you need to have an authentic relationship with them before you can, you know, work on a marketing business kind of endeavor together. Um, so like the Christmas party that, that I did um, with you, Becky, that was, that's like two or three weeks ago now. Um, but that was fun because I invited a lot of, well, not a lot, but four authors that I knew well, like I already knew them through different promotions, through just personal interactions. And so when we went to have a, you know, event together, um, it was fun because we already knew each other and it was easy to talk and we knew each other's books. Um, and so I think those kind of events are really fun too and a good way to cross promote each other and just show that our author community is, you know, is organic and we, we talk to each other. We like each other. We're not competing against each other. We have fun together. So I think that's fun for readers to see too. And that Stephanie, was super fun. That sorry. party was sorry, but that party was awesome because it wasn't necessarily just you guys talking about your own books. You were talking about books you love by other authors. So that expanded that circle even more, which I just thought was amazing. Yeah, that was the fun part. <laughs> yeah. So for our listeners who might not know about the party, uh, I'll just give a quick snapshot of what we did. So Stephanie invited four authors and what uh, each one presented suggestions for holiday reading. And so as Rachel was saying, in that way, the circle of the cross promotion was extending beyond those five authors who were participating in the event. But it, there was this wider circle of authors that they were promoting 
through the event. And those who came to the event, you know, had the opportunity to hear about great books from authors they might have never heard of before. So let's talk a little bit about what, what are the benefits, you know, apart from potentially a new reader discovering and buying your work, what other kind of marketing metrics might you see grow as you cross promote other authors? I know, Stephanie, we were looking with that holiday party event to grow your email list through the registrants of the event. So, you know, growing your email list might be one outcome of a cross-promotion activity. What else? Um, Well, just before we hopped on, I was talking about the deadline that I'm currently working on, and it is a collaborative novel with two other authors for Harper Muse, which is a new imprint of HarperCollins. And these are both authors I met because I emailed them after loving their books. So Amy Runyon and Janelle Szelski, with both of their debut novels, I loved them so much. I reached out to them as a reader and we established a connection online. And then during 2020, during lockdowns, we just started brainstorming this new idea and we were able to sell it. So that from Uh, author standpoint, the opportunity of a new contract with two other authors that are bringing their own readership and sales potential is fantastic. And now we're a really tight group. And those authors have friends that become my friends and we all kind of help each other. So I think that one of the benefits is recognizing that you can always continue to have a ripple effect on other people and the readership gets wider and the readers are excited because they see their favorite authors doing new things but also chatting and I would say one more thing is that it encourages prospective and unpublished authors to see that there really is a sense of community and it's not this great blank space that people should be intimidated by that their favorite authors are also just readers who have author friends and maybe people who are humming and hawing about whether to query their own books can see that it it really is kind of a nice world sometimes. Thanks for that, Rachel. I I totally agree with you. Um, I know having grown up as an avid reader before I became a writer myself, the idea that an author is a real person who would talk to you or email you back or have a conversation with you. It's such a thrill for someone who loves to read. So Rachel and Stephanie, as we talk about this opportunity for authors to support one another, it sounds like this is more of an informal arrangement where each individual author, as they have time or energy, are using their own platforms to be able to share about their friends or authors they love the work of. Um, But I have also heard that there are sometimes formalized opportunities for authors to come together for cross-promotion. Can you share with me anything you've heard about that? I think it sounds like a great idea. Um, And although I think we, we we do do it in a very informal way, especially among publishing houses, I think you might see something like that. And I mean, my, my Tyndale Publishing does have a particular group on Facebook that um, we share our stuff with each other. And then as we have time, we try to promote each other's work, but it's not very formal. It's pretty much like if, you, if you've read it, if you liked it, you know, but, um, but I think that is one way that you can really promote your own publisher's work. And, you know, your editors and publishers are always going to like that. 
And I know that there are formally, um, there are amazing online writer community groups like Friends in Fiction uh, and like Tall Poppy Writers that, you know, is a group of authors who intentionally cross promote their work. I also know on Instagram, a lot of um, what we call them round robins or where people go out of their way to follow and like posts to boost engagement. I would say that a caveat of formal organized promotion is that you lose the joy of that authentic book love sometimes. I think that everybody wants to help each other, but if there isn't that background of, I love this author's work, or I've spent time learning about this author, you could get in a situation where you're being attached to a brand that maybe isn't going to help your demographic. So I, I really always tell people that the best way to be a writer is to read, because that is the best way to cultivate authentic engagement. And I really think it has to be a massive part of an author's writing business and job. So that's just a bit of a, <laughs> a cautionary tale on um, getting too formal, but I, I love the writer communities that are just online and are always reader focused and making sure that readers are at the center of the conversation. So it seems like one possible downside would be if you don't take the time to invest in reading another author's work, you may choose to promote another author and then later find out that their work isn't aligned to your brand. Um, can you think of any other possible downsides if you choose to promote other authors? Uh, there's definitely the, I mean, there's the time commitment, but I would say that one of the things that I see as not a brilliant tactic is authors with street teams and launch teams where they're investing in readers who are promoting to other readers who already probably know about the book. So it becomes a bit of a silo and you never really extend your readership because it's the same people sharing your book to the same others. And that can cannibalize your sales. If you give a ton of people free copies or advanced copies and they're readers who probably would have already known about your book, you are taking away from some of those pre-orders. So I think that that is another downfall. If you have to be very strategic and always building your readership outward and making sure that it's not the same people talking to the same people about a book they already all knew about. I, I really agree with that. I've, I've seen it happen, you know, many times with, with other people's <laughs> books and mine's. And, and my publishers actually don't encourage launch teams for that. Yeah, my publisher is not a fan of them. <laughs> but Influencers, yes. <laughs> yes. Influencers who are just really enthusiastic about your work and you, and those are generally people that you have an, an actual relationship with, not just a, I'll comment on your posts once in a while, but you've, you've spoken to them in one way or another. Um, and those are the people you can really count on. Um, and those people can make a huge impact. One person who's, who's dedicated like that can make more of an impact than 10 launch team people who are really just doing it for a free book. So it, it's, yeah. and it's so be very careful about who you're dealing with. So how can you tell when your cross-promotion efforts are working? <laughs> that's a tough one. I think that's really hard. I'm not great with the um, analytics as far as um, Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, and then it's really hard to say 
uh, your sales are. I mean, that's that's you've got a real leg in in sales reporting in the publishing industry. I would say one of the positive things I've noticed from doing all of these Zoom lives this year, and I and last, I actually started them because I I had four books released during the pandemic year, and so I needed to get in front of readers, and we were in lockdown. So, <laughs> uh, interviewing authors is a way for me to be able to talk about somebody else's book and not feel that it was just me talking about my releases all the time. And one of the very positive things that has come out that has shown this has been successful is that authors now come to me through their publicists asking me to interview them or do their launch day. And the other wonderful thing is bookstores are now asking me to interview an author who's doing a virtual event. And that is genius for me, because then that bookstore will be ordering copies of my book so that when the conversation happens, they've got my book available for readers, as well as the author I'm interviewing. So that has been a way that I've seen my efforts in cross promotion come to a, to a really good place lately. <laughs> That's an amazing idea. And I also loved what you said earlier, Rachel, about building relationships with people by interviewing them. And then later that relationship Mm -hmm. allows you to go back potentially and ask for help when you need it, like for a book endorsement. Wow. Well, there's so much uh, rich content from today's episode that authors may be able to implement immediately as it relates to cross-promoting other authors. So a couple of action items that I would like to recommend, which is what we do at the end of every episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. You know, the first one is to be a reader and to um, read a lot so that you find those authors that you love. And then the simplest way would be to choose another author to promote through your social media accounts. So that's the first action item. When you read a book you love, share that book out through your social media channels. Um, A second action item might be to consider whether or not doing an event, either a Facebook Live like Rachel was talking about, or a bigger group author event like Stephanie did with the recent Christmas party, consider whether an event might be a great way for you to cross-promote other authors. And if you're interested in that, uh, you can always um, email Stephanie or Rachel or me to find out about any of those opportunities or what it takes to get started, either interviewing authors or having a multi-author event. Rachel, Stephanie, is there anything else that you would recommend that uh, people could do to take an action step as it relates to cross-promoting other authors? I, I, I would say, um, especially if you're, you know, a aspiring author, if you've got a manuscript and you don't know if you're ready to jump into the publishing world, just, just email or go to the website of one of your favorite authors and, and try it out. Just like, talk to them. It's, we're not scary. We're actually loved, even, even really popular authors with, you know, best-selling books love to see an email come in that just says, I love your work. Like, I just wanted to say hi. So don't be afraid to do that. So write to an author today. Yeah. Even as an author, I still write authors. I fan girl authors all the time, but my takeaway would always be when you are an author looking at social media use the 80-20 rule, talk 80% about other people's books to 20% about your own. Because then you're bonding with readers over somebody else's work, and they might love that book and then check yours out. And then that's an actual, authentic relationship you have with that reader. So I like to always make sure I'm promoting 80% of other people's stuff to 20% of my own. 
That's a really great rule of thumb, uh, Rachel. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So thank you for being with us today, Rachel and Stephanie. And before we leave, I was wondering if you could share with our listeners how they can find you on social media and around the internet. Stephanie, do you want to go first? Sure. You can find me at stephanielansom.com. Um, and I'll about lots about my books there. And I'm on Instagram at Stephanie Lansom and Facebook too. Uh, I'm at rachelmcmillan.net. But my handle throughout social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is at R-A-C-H-K-M-C at Rach K Mick. And that's where you'll find me everywhere from Pinterest to Instagram. Pinterest too, huh? Yeah. Twitter is my favorite, but I, I do cover the others. <laughs> uh, how about TikTok, Rachel? No. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not. I, I. I'm okay doing Zoom lives, but I, I don't think TikTok is for me yet. We'll see. <laughs> well, I am the same way. So thanks to those of you who choose to listen to the Book Marketing Action Podcast. As always, if I can be of any help to you, please email me. I'm Becky at weavinginfluence.com and we'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks so much for investing some time with us today. If you're looking for additional support on your book marketing journey, join us for the Reach More Readers Workshop, a virtual interactive event designed to give you an overview of digital book marketing strategies and tactics to help you reach the biggest possible audience. Find out more at weavinginfluence.com slash reach workshops.